All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, welcome to another thrilling episode of Tarantino's. Uh, I think we got a, a special episode lined up for you. Uh, but first, let me uh, give give you guys a quick information or quick info of who we are. My name is Mike Morales, and like always, I'm here with Angel E. DeLeon. <laughs> I'm going middle initial this week. I guess, you know, I always have to uh, give a little bit of information if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast. This is a movie discussion podcast. We, uh, this is brought to you by two childhood friends and diehard film fanatics. And basically, this is gives us a purpose to get together to talk about movies, uh, especially movies that, you know, we were raised on in the 80s and 90s, but also just kind of talk about Anything that's going on. I mean, um, I, I kind of liked what we have been doing for the last couple of episodes. We're, you know, I like that we're keeping these are open-ended discussions. And it's not necessarily, you know, confined to some of the movies we revisited recently, right? I mean, we, we started that with the earlier in the podcast where we would go back and revisit some of the older films that we love. But I kind of like the last couple of episodes where we just like, let's just hang out. Let's just talk about things. Yeah, it keeps it nice and loose. Uh, but we do have a subject uh, or a theme for this episode. We're going to be talking about our favorite moments where actors broke the mold, where they play against type. So we have we made a list of some of our favorite moments of that that happened. But before we get into that, uh, let me talk about a little bit about the Oscars because you said something I, I thought was really interesting that your mom has a tradition. That every time the Oscar nominations are announced, that she tries to watch all the nominated best pictures. Is she still doing that? Yeah, she. it's like a race against the clock. Uh-huh. And most of the time she's seen a couple. Mm-hmm. But you know how there's always like a sleeper that she hasn't, like that you haven't heard of or that you, you're like, oh, I got to check that out. But you put it on the back burner. But yeah, it, it starts like a stopwatch <laughs> or like a countdown. She needs to watch them before because... I don't know if it's she wants to make sure they got it right when they announce, when they announce the winners, but she just I get, it's weird. She likes wants to have a very good, I guess, she wants she wants to make sure she can she can have a, a good base to judge it all on. And I, I don't you know it's weird. It's I think it's just best picture though. Uh, yeah. I don't think she goes through and does every cat like the big categories and stuff. I yeah, and I, I think that's noble of her. And it's funny because when you said that, I go, oh, that that makes a lot of sense. I think I'll, maybe a lot of people do that. I finally watched Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I told you that was – I watched that. was a good one, man. I, I Actually, I was kind of disappointed on it. but uh, Really? It, yeah, it's a, it's a good, like, hour and a half into it. I think the last part of it kind of doesn't stick the landing that much. but um, Because for me – it. It wasn't what I expected uh-huh. because they kind of lead you like, oh, DiCaprio's portrayal, blah, blah. You're like, okay, so it's going to be DiCaprio versus um, De Niro. You know what I mean? Like, it was a good guy trying to fight against these bad things. Yeah. And not at all. Not no, at all. No, no. Leo is playing a, a complete idiot. You're right. I, I think he is, he is someone who is, I, I think he's a dummy. <laughs> he's a big dummy in the movie. Yeah. The yeah. Character. And he's... But he's such, he's got no spine, right. and then he's just an asshole. Uh, yes, right, right, right yeah. And I kept expecting him to start, like, having genuine feelings, and then, like, maybe he's going to turn it around. 
Not really, man. No, 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 no. no. I thought for sure there's going to be like a kind of like a not a happy ending, but like some kind of awareness that the, the character was going to have. But it didn't seem like yeah. he was even aware, even even to the last frame of that movie. I don't think he gets it. <laughs> I think he no, so... he he really doesn't, dude. And it, yeah, you wanted a crescendo where it's like right, like some kind of a epiphany or like a realization, and the like you could beat him to death before he gets it. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's which I mean, it's odd because there are people like that, and uh, that you know, all that stuff is great. So it's, I'm not saying that I, uh, I hated the movie, but I, I think I, you know, I, I was kind of more or less disappointed by it. But it's still like a terrific film. I mean, there's a lot of things I love. Uh, um, um, actress, um, like oh, Lily Gladstone. Lily Glast- Gladstone. I thought she was terrific in the movie. She is probably the breakout. Okay, it's not like De Niro and DiCaprio didn't do good, mm-hmm. but you expect that. Mm-hmm. So this broad, she hung with the big boys, and she did a fucking great job. Yeah, she's terrific. And also, yeah, you, you, De Niro was, I mean, this is probably one of his better performance of recent times. Uh, well, yeah, it's the, the like a serious one, you know what I mean? He's yeah, been doing he's doing a couple something. Pay, <laughs> yeah, he's not paycheck going, movies, yeah. This yeah, he's is a not, good yeah, he's not going through the motions with some of his comedies or something like that. Yeah, he's yeah. doing something really, and he's probably the most evil character in the whole movie. But yeah, he's he, a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but Lily Gladstone is fucking awesome. I was really impressed by what she was doing, and she's great because she told this story, you know, because she's promoting the movie and and how it got, you know, Oscar nominated. She's Oscar, she's nominated for an Oscar, and she told this great story about how the reason why she got into acting. And a lot of it was because of Ewoks, because <laughs> of Return of the Jedi. She was a big fan of Return of the Jedi when she was little, and she loved the Ewoks. It, and she was so enamored by those creatures. In a lot of ways, and she said that the Ewoks kind of represents Native Americans. You know, they're kind of like, you know, indigenous to that indigenous. to the planet, and they were really the heroes of Re- Return of the Jedi. Uh and I go fuck yeah, that's all. Uh, that's a great way to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a different way to think about it, for sure. And dude, her character just keeps getting more and more shit in the oh, movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, fuck dog. She's tortured. I, I felt, yeah. I felt so bad for her. I was like, dude, let me go into this movie and just hang out with her and beat the shit out of everybody that treats her bad. Yeah. And I mean, it's and it's it's not even like strangers, dude. The oh, people yeah. closest to her are constantly yeah. fucking her over. They're in the house. And the doctors. <laughs> yeah, the doctors. And <laughs> and then fucking De Niro's pulling all the strings and kissing everybody and telling them how sad and how bad he feels. And he's the friend to the people. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Makes you hate white people all over again. <laughs> <That shit. laughs> uh, did you see any like the, the you know, best picture films yet? Are you a big Barbie fan? Yeah. <laughs> I had to sit through it with my wife. It was enjoyable. You want me to tell you a real kicker? I fucking watched Wonka. Uh And that shit was great. I wanted it to suck so bad. Yeah, I was talking about Timothy Chalamet in a couple episodes ago. Like, is anyone going to watch Timothy Chalamet in the movie? I guess apparently I'm wrong because Wonka's doing pretty well. It was fucking great. You know what it is? You can't because they already made the but you remake. Love the fucking original Wonka so much. Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. It's since they did the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. I was I'm able to pull movies apart. Okay. And it's a prequel. So it's right. not like they redid it. 
So I I left it on its own, and it was a fucking musical, basically. It was so so good, bro. I didn't, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch it for my wife. And dude, we watched the whole thing, and it was fucking great. I mean, it's I think it's it shouldn't win Oscars, but it's so entertaining and it's so cool. You know, no one's gonna be nominated, but it was a great overall flick, dude. It was so much better than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was just gonna be a train wreck. And, shitty and then just dump all over my characters that i love so much <laughs> and it was funny because i thought they were going to steal some of the songs mm-hmm. and they didn't they were similar but they weren't the songs and they did one song they stole at the end and it was perfect timing so i let it go because the the wilder with the pure imagination all those dude don't fucking touch those <laughs> those you know what i mean those are special you can't fuck with those those are perfect to leave them alone but they had, I think at the end they used it and it was perfect timing and it was like kind of like their own rendition. So it was okay. Well, cool. Uh, I'll, I, I'll you got to watch it. <laughs> Go on. Now, Barbie, on the other hand, I was not a big fan of Barbie. And uh, I don't like, like, you know, we in our last episode, we, you know, we talked about our favorite picks of 2023. And I think 2023 for me will go down as the year I officially became old. <laughs> you know, and it's not it's not because like I didn't feel old or, or you know, I, I, I have a mirror. I can see that I'm getting old. <laughs> but I thought for sure I still had a grasp on the popular culture, especially with movies. And there was a couple movies that came out last year. Barbie was one of them where I didn't fucking understand what the what the hype was. The other one was this Five Nights at Freddy's, which was a big fucking box office hit horror movie. And go, oh, let me check this out. It was a fucking dog shit movie. I don't know, understand. I don't understand. I told you, though. (laughs) I had to sit through my kids when they were watching those online shits. Right. So compared to those stupid fucking videos I had to watch, it was a masterpiece, bro. (laughs) Those videos that my son took forever watching were horrible. What videos are these? Dude, they were little. That's how it came about. They would... It was almost like oh, a, you mean the, the a, Five Nights at Freddy's, the YouTube's, yeah, the oh. original thing. They were oh. supposed to be scary, oh. and then my kid had a Five Nights at Freddy's birthday party. Wow. And I didn't get the concept at all. It's Chuck so E. Cheese, least, right? It's just Chuck E. Cheese, like a creepy Chuck, Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese with the creepy guys, and like the whole the premise is the movie. There's a security guard, and you basically got to survive right. Five Nights at Freddy's. Basic uh, bullshit. Right. Yeah. So I was expecting something as horrible for the movie. So when it wasn't that bad, I appreciated it so much. But the story sucked and everything sucked. Yeah. But I, it was watchable, and my kid loved it because he remembered when he was little. And uh, I get it though. I mean, to the, a normal person that wasn't exposed at all, it would just be like a waste of an hour and thirty-five minutes of your life. It was. Was <laughs> and Barbie. I think Barbie was the the nostalgia. For the, I the guess women, so. you know what I mean? It had to be. Yeah, I have no kind of inside baseball information about Barbie. You know, Alan, I guess the character that Michael Sarah plays, Alan, I, know, I, didn't, I didn't realize that I was a real figure or doll or whatever. So, I, yeah, have no. I think, you know, look, there are some really funny moments in Barbie, the, in particular the, oh, the, what's it called? The song, uh, was it, um, Matchbox 20 song. I think that was hilarious. And, you know, so there's some good moments in it. But, I, again, I feel like I am so old and I don't understand what's going on. 
and I think I finally yeah. has it seems hit my like limits. a lot <laughs> a lot for a movie. This would have been a cool little half an hour special on TV. Because I mean the acting is how they would act if they were Barbies come to life, which is horrible. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So it's not like it's great acting. But it's great acting because they're playing the the role. I don't know. I mean my fucking my 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 wife, yeah, my did she like it? and my daughter. They, they loved, loved it. it. They, they went, loved they it. saw it opening day in the theater. Awesome. Okay. And then so. as soon as it came out, we had to watch it on TV. <laughs> and then I was like, holy shit. I, I watched it. And I'm like, yeah, that was cool. And then like the other day, my daughter's like, oh, let's watch TV. Let's watch a movie. And she goes, oh, Barbie. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it again. Like it was cool, but you're going to make me hate it if I have to watch it multiple times. And I love Margot Robbie. And you know, I'm, I'm Marvel till I die. Not a DC fan. <laughs> But I loved yeah. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is and awesome. I, yeah. I even liked Birds of Prey. It was great. And you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. I just watched Aquaman 2. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> but it's it's only hilarious mm. because of the Aquaman character. They made him very realistic. And I think it has a lot to do with Moa. Moa? Moa? Yeah, Moa? yeah. Jason Moa? Moa. Yeah. Yeah. His, like, the way his character is is so believable, but... It's almost too comic comedy, and I know fans are gonna hate it. Like if you're a DC fan, you're like Aquaman. It's it's kind of it, they cheesed it up, mm-hmm. but it was a realistic cheese to me. But I'm just saying, like, so for these kind of movies, it's it's tough because there's a there's a a market for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's just like if you're going, it depends on how you approach it. If you approach it like everybody's talking about Barbie, so it must be good, and you watch it like. What was that? You know what I mean? It's. I don't think it's necessary that you're old. It wouldn't have been a movie you would have watched on your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's but such a it was it hyped. Was, yeah, it was such a big blockbuster hit that I go, this got to be something there for, for everyone. And I just didn't. I, I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone but me. <laughs> you know, I did. I wonder if what your wife would say or your your daughter would say about this movie because I think I I like this movie a lot more than Barbie and has similar themes, similar uh, ideas and, and subject matter. Uh, it's it's a movie called Are, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, and it's about a young girl going through her experiences and it's based on the book, Judy Bloom book, but it has Rachel McAdams, a fucking knock down performance by her and I, I was shocked that she didn't get any more recognition because like why haven't everyone's talking about Mar- Margot Robbie and she's great but Rachel McAdams has secretly been doing some really terrific stuff lately and I loved her in this movie I heard it but I didn't know anything about it I, you know I heard I know there was a book and I'm sure the book is is known by many yeah Judy Bloom dude yeah, Judy, Judy Bloom is fucking huge she was huge for like all the girls our generation Right, and it's it's a. I think your your wife will probably dig this the most because I'm. I don't sure think she's heard of it, or else she would have been all over this one, man, for sure. Play it for her, and and I think she probably will relate to the Rachel McAdams character a lot because it's about a, a mother trying to fit in. I mean, I love the the mother part. I mean, most of it's about the the, the daughter and the girl. Maybe I didn't get Barbie, but I did get. Uh, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, it's a good movie. Um, uh, you know what? Let me suggest another thing for you. Because you like uh, action, martial arts, comedy. Have Are you, you going to s- say this series? The t- the Netflix series? 
Yeah, I saw it, man. It was great. I loved the every fucking son? second of it. The brother's yeah. son? I oh. knew I was going to like it when I saw the first little preview trailer for it. It's and true. I love What's-Her-Face, dude. She's so good. This one fucking was the right tone. It was the right balance of comedy, action. I, see, I liked it, but I wasn't going to talk to you about it because I figured this wasn't up your alley, man. No, man. This is I, I was I was I was in love with this show. And I was and I did because I was one I was wondering there was a moment in the in the series where it goes they reference an old action film from the eighties and I go fuck angels this is perfect for angel you know what I'm talking about mm. the one from the from the eighties Jim Cotta I thought you wait were... that was a movie yeah because remember? that's what they called it in Equilibrium remember that was the art form that of was the, the fighting that with was the gun. Gun, gun Cotta but yeah Jim... that's what I thought you were talking about. But Jim Cotta is a real movie from the eighties. I thought you, I thought you referenced that. I thought you brought that up for one time. At one time. No, is that the one that they're talking about where they're the doing Olympics, the? Um, they the show the clips. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was a real flick. Dude. That's a real I movie. That was made up. <laughs> that's a real movie. I gotta ch- fuck now. I gotta watch that. I dude. thought you brought that up at one time. Anyway, uh-uh. that's yeah. Jim. I wish. Jim Cotta. It's a real movie. It's about Olympic uh, gymnast who uses his <laughs> gymnastic abilities to fight off uh, ninjas in a in an eighties movie. Anyway, that was a reference oh in the God. in the show. I go fuck. This is perfect for Angel because you. I thought for sure you would saw. You would have watched. No, that movie. I never <laughs> did. I'm surprised I have it. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> this is tailor made for me, man. <laughs> this is that bad. This is like American Ninja Three. <laughs> it's perfect. So, so uh, bro- the brother's son is a terrific Netflix action c- comedy series, and uh, highly, highly, we're both, I guess, highly uh, recommended. Yeah, I do. I honestly thought it was nowhere in your wheelhouse, so I didn't even. But I mean, the characters are so hilariously, they're just great all the way around. Yeah. You, you were telling me how much you love RoboCop, right? Oh, yeah. The original? Like you keep on watching it? Yeah. Every time I was you... just on the other day. Yeah, and it's weird because it, my wife sat down and she was like 20 minutes into it. And then all of a sudden, I looked at her and go, you know, it's RoboCop, right? She goes, is that what this is? <laughs> 20 minutes how do you not know this was robocop there's a guy in a fucking uh, a suit uh, made of chrome yeah, yeah. they call but him robocop just, that's his name i don't yeah i don't think she put it together man it was just the weirdest thing because is that what this is and i'm like how did your brother and your dad not watch this non-stop in like 87 or whatever this I'm, is this is fucking it's so like cool. one, it's one of the greatest movies ever so i let me recommend this to you because uh it's a it's a four-part a documentary series called RoboDoc, the creation of RoboCop. This is goes into the making of RoboCop. You know, we, it's funny because we live in a time where you get a lot of these crowdfunded documentaries, documentaries made by fans, uh, essentially, but about make, making of the movie. And I saw that with, like, Back to the Future. There's there's tons of them right, right now. This is probably the best docu-series or documentary about making of a, of a movie, it's fantastic. They, they got basically all the original cast to talk to 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 them. They go, they break down scenes. They talk. It's funny. <laughs> they make fun of each other. They talk about some of the struggles they had to go through, some of the studio issues that they had to face. It's it's like fucking, the hurdles it's and all that shit, all that stuff. And it's it's done with a light tone. It's great. I, I think it's one of the better. I just finished watching this like last week, and it it just made me it's realize how much. Parts? Yeah, it's four. It's like it's like four. It's over four hours. <laughs> it's like, Damn. but 
it made me fucking realize how much I loved RoboCop and how much maybe that is a fucking not just a great movie, but like a classic film, like a you know <laughs> a classic movie with really interesting ideas in it. Just not, you know, it is a, it is an action movie, but it also has is dealing with a lot of shit in it. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I love there's certain movies that I love, and there's certain movies that I call perfect, but there's a new category for me, and it's called. I think I'm going to coin it as no fast forwards. Like there's movies that I fucking love, but if I'm watching them, there's certain scenes that I'll fast forward through just because for like, not even just a time constraint, but it's like, eh, it could have done without to me. You know what I mean? It's like, and Robocop doesn't have a fast forward part, man. Like the whole movie, there's nothing I would forward. Everything is important and worth watching. The, just as much as the first time, the 50th time, it's worth watching that part or that scene again. And in this documentary, it really talks about certain scenes that they put together and they go into deep lengths of what the, what it meant to the filmmakers and what it means to the to the actors and what they were trying to get. Now, it could be a little, a little bit overflated, you know, or exaggerated about the ideas, you know, but still, I, I it made me really rethink why I love RoboCop in the first place. And it's much, much more than just a, a guy in a suit movie, you know, or an action movie or a comic book movie. You know, like it's it's really a movie that's taking jabs at, at a lot of political ideas and, you know, the mil, mil, militarization of police and, and corporate America and, you know, and the corporalization of, of, of industries and stuff like that. You know, like it's all there in that movie. And I think that's why it's so rewatchable i don't well for me personally i don't know if it's <laughs> that in depth you know what i mean i that watched, movie, watched the documentary i think it will point out some of the things that that, that you might be missed you know uh, but for me the movie's magic because it was just wow like like when you're a kid you're like fuck you know like <laughs> oh my god that would be so cool you know it, right it, the wow factor it is definitely there yeah, yeah all your senses exploded and your <laughs> fucking imagination went insane like you knew it was a movie so it's not real but you're like wow imagine if like that shit was set in the future so maybe that is going to be the future you know what i mean <laughs> it's like oh this cop is doing the right thing and his family <laughs> even ignores him because now he's more robot than man but he's still like he's still more human than most people i don't know no it, it, I get, it there's, talks, there's it some crazy undertones yeah it takes yeah. it talks about the kind of the humanity the loss of humanity and eventually he regains his humanity once he understands like these visions that, he, that the robocop has that oh there is a person before you know that he was once a person once was a human they, they, just, they do talk about it. I'll, you know, I'm making this like like it's a like it's a deep thinking documentary. It's not. It's actually quite funny, and it, they have a lot of great inside jokes and funny stories. With and Peter Weller Weller was a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, he was hard to, to work with, and he says that he was you know it was a tough time for him. And and Paul Van Hoven, the director, was a madman. And you know, like they go through all that stuff too. I I, I just for I just. The revelation for me was like, oh yeah, RoboCop is not just you know, a it's it's there's there's layers, you know, <laughs> there's layers, and who, I love it. <laughs> who would have thought RoboCop such a deep flick, huh? I think I this is what I came up. This is the idea. I go, oh yeah, this is like, uh, uh Doctor Strange Love <laughs> of the of our, our, our of our time. Our t- 
of our time, really. <laughs> I think it's Dr. Strangelove of our time. Everyone talks uh, about Dr. Strangelove as being like this, you know, awakening, type awakening, of a, yeah, of, yeah, of the of the the nuclear war g- uh, g- generation. I think this was definitely, a, a, you know, the same thing for the Cold War generation, you know, the the Reagan generation, uh, all that stuff. I love it, man. I, I fucking love it. Anyway. Yeah. It brings well. It brings us to our, our our idea of actors playing against time because um, Ronnie Cox, who plays Dick Jones in RoboCop, <laughs> he he plays. Uh, he says in the documentary how he was kind of typecast as the the sweet guy before, or or just the regular guy, and this was the first time he played a villain in the movie, and so he loved the chance of doing you know doing something different, and uh, you know Ronnie Cox. You know, I, I, you know, he's always to me. He's always been like the captain in Beverly Hills Cop, or yeah. he plays like serious. A, yeah, good and, guy. And he's so good in RoboCop, but I would say I loved him more as you know. If we're talking about villains, I loved him more in in uh, the other Paul Van Hoven movie, uh, Total Recall. He was fucking was great <laughs> in, in uh, Total Recall. You know, he's not. He didn't make my list, but I think that's a great way to segue into our list of. Our favorite moments when actors break the mold and play against type. Let me start with. What does he say? What, what does he say in RoboCop? He's like, "Yeah, we'd fool around about the old man." One time we even called him "dickhead" or whatever. <laughs> He's like, but we never lost respect. Or whatever. Yeah. Dude, he was a son of a bitch in that play. He was. Man. He was fucking awesome. He was awesome. But I think in. Uh, Total Recall, where he's yeah, Copenhagen, he was... you know, you know, Copenhagen is like, he was even more evil. But yeah, he, he, whatever. He's he's awesome in both movies, you know. Yeah. And, then, and it's so funny because he's layered by two great villains in uh, <laughs> RoboCop. He's the the dad from the '70s show. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's yeah. his underling guy. And then in Total Recall, it's uh, what's uh, Ironside? Michael, Iron... Michael Ironside. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Like that's a great combo, dude. Him right. and both those dudes. <laughs> it's two great henchmen. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Let's start with your list of actors playing against type. What was your first first pick? And we're not ranking this. I'm not ranking this. I'm just randomly picking yeah. people. My first pick was the. Um, it's one of my favorite movies overall. It's Punch Drunk Love, Sandler. Oh, okay. Like yeah, because up to that point, I mean, you had just the Gilmore's, and you know what I mean, just. And it's so funny because I'm not a big Sandler fan. Like Billy Madison, I watched it once. I did not like it. I I love Gilmore because everybody loves Gilmore. You know what I mean? And most of his movies are good, but they're not good. They're entertaining, but I can't rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. It's just they don't do it for me. And Billy Madison was too far. I didn't even finish it. But you're a big Waterboy Waterboy fan, right? Yeah, but it's the subject, and he's playing kind of like a halfwit yeah not he's not annoying is what it is right right and his other characters sometimes they annoy the shit out of me i'm in and, uh, i'm in the same boat with you i was not the biggest adam sandler fan yeah and but this movie when this movie came out and punch drunk love in 2002 and it's a paul thomas anderson film i'm like what they're really gonna make adam sandler uh, you know in this kind of dramatic he's like kind of a in a rom- uh, it's a romantic movie too. It's a the kind of a, a romantic, but like a drama. real fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's a twist. That's like yeah. a really fucked up. And Emily Watson was amazing, but it Great. was just it was 
his character was so relatable, dude. When he freaks out and destroys the phone booth mm-hmm. outside of the, or was it the bathroom stall or whatever, the way he fucking freaks out, it makes my heart fucking hurt. Because when I was younger, dude, I would fucking freak out like that. Oh. It was like the world was ending and everybody's fucking trying to get you and you just explode. And it's so, that's what, when he did it, it's so fucking realistic to me. Mm-hmm. When he did that and then when he freaked out and he started running down the street and those weird guys pull up in the car and they're like, we know where you live, asshole. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can't run away from us. <laughs> yeah. But when he freaked and was weird, it was so genuine to me. I don't know if he maybe had issues when he was younger or whatever, mm-hmm. but it was so crisp and so fucking spot on. It, like, I remember watching it in awe. Like, I can't believe this is coming from Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so good for me. And I mean, he did Spanglish, so he's done some. Since he's done some serious yeah, un- shit. Uncut, Uncut Gems yeah. is terrific. It's a terrific performance in that. Yeah. But this must have been the thing where you could see past the shtick mm-hmm. and that there was something in there. Maybe that's what it was for me. Because I instantly fucking love this. Yeah, and Paul Thomas and- Anderson, who's the writer-director of the movie, he I think he really taps into Adam Sandler's inner anger where Adam would play that inner anger in, in a comedic form. But the way he was able to tailor into a really sad portrait of a person who's so, you know, he's he's in the family of all sisters, right? So he's the only. And they treat him like shit. And they treat yeah. him like shit, dog shit. And and he is so bottled, bottled up with anger. Uh, it's it's terrific to watch. And he's like the, unres- <laughs> he's the unrespected boss. Yes. You yeah, know what I mean? Right, it's right. like his company, but they treat him like shit and. <laughs> So he just, he kind of, he retreats into himself, you know what I mean? Like with all the coupons, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of like, he's the only one. And then when he's, he runs into Emily Watson's character, it's like, it's the glimmer that there's another way and, and it, there's something that could be better. And it just, it got me so and fucking it, good. And it's, all, you know, it's awesome because it. Emily Watson is playing a woman who just kind of accepts who he is. And yeah. uh, uh, that was like maybe the perfect way to, for this romance to start. There's Dude, a... wait. I'm sorry. Yeah. The the fucking song that they play, the it's the girl. I can't remember the song, but it's like it's a, from Pop- Popeye. From uh, um, um, is that what it is? Oh, it's so perfect in that <laughs> fucking part that they put it into. You know what I mean? It's all, it olive, oil. So... olive oil. Olive uh, oil. Who plays but olive is oil? But is she? Is oh, um, Shelly Long. Shelly Long. Shelly Duvall. Shelly, yeah, Shelly Duvall. She sings. That's that's her. I could. Pull but it, I mean, let me pull it up. Did she do that song, or did Emily Watson do it for the movie? No, it was for Popeye, the original Popeye movie. Um, but it's so perfect, right? Where they put it in because it, it, and it has like a dream. Like, yeah, it oh, has a dream like. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's like the two weirdest fucking puzzle pieces in the world, fucking found each other. You know what I mean? And they just clicked and they fit. And I don't give a shit if you didn't like it or whatever, but that concept is fucking universal. Everybody feels like they don't fucking fit in, and everybody feels like. The world's just something that's happening to them. And so for these two fools to find each other, I don't know. It's not like I was like, oh, this gave me fucking uh, the will to go on or that I was going to finally meet somebody. No, no, no. It wasn't that deep. But the concept, because I've known people like this person. And it's like you get into their psyche and you feel for them so fucking much, dude. Like, you know, not fitting in 
even when you're supposed to be comfortable around family and stuff, that's something people feel, you know what I mean? And it's just, it was, that movie blew me away. And I, dude, I don't know if we saw it together because it's around the time we were watching flicks and stuff. Yeah. No, I don't know if we saw it together. We definitely, uh, I I mean, we definitely knew who uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was. We we talked at length about Boogie Nights, how much we loved that movie. Uh, I don't know if we saw it together, but um, we probably did talk about how much we loved the movie. Uh, Yeah, it was so good. Oh. I ain't man enough to be a mother. And all at once I knew, I knew at once, I knew he needed me. Until the day I die, I won't know why, I knew he needed me. It could be fantasy, oh, or maybe it's because he needs me, 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 he needs me. I mean, that's a incredible reference to to point to to use a song like that from Popeye of all things. Yeah, who would have fucking thought that out? <laughs> yeah, which is a movie that not a lot of people loved, you know, crit- critically. Okay, don't get me started. Popeye was fucking one of my favorite movies as a kid. Yes, because it, like it was always on TV. It was always on TV, and it's Robin Williams. And I had no idea of Robin Williams' body of work, so it wasn't like he was Popeye when I first saw him. He wasn't anybody else. He wasn't, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was the what I remember him as. Dude, I loved it, man. The yeah. whole it was the cheese. It was almost a music. Or I don't know if it was t- considered a musical. I guess you could say that it was it's like Wonka of that day. Yeah, the I day. mean they sing the shit out of everything, but it was so cool. And I remember the cartoon a little, so it was like I didn't know they would make movies out of cartoons. You know what I mean? So it was on many levels that shit hit for me. And I was like, we were real little, like five, six, right when that yeah. shit was out. Yeah. And you know what nobody talks about? Is it fucking Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> the the introduction of Jack Sparrow stole when Popeye shows up because Popeye's pulling in and his boat sinking right. Oh yeah 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 they stole that shit and nobody talks about it dude. <laughs> Bastards man! All these years, someone's gonna hear this podcast and be like, "I thought they stole that shit." That's what it was. Yeah, sorry, right. way up. Top. And you know what? We could also use that because. Up until then, he wasn't... Johnny Depp? Well, it was kind of a comedy. No, no, I'm thinking about Popeye. Robert Williams as oh, Popeye. Robert. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, actually, was, there's a lot of movies he could like point to about Robert Williams. Yeah, yeah, but then since that, he's done so many of everything. Yeah. Like, he's he's the chameleon. Him and Tom Hanks, dude. I mean, but... and But, I'm um, sorry. Um, Williams actually went to crazy with that... Um, was that Insomnia thing or whatever? Yes, Insomnia. He had two... Uh, movies the same year where he played evil. Psycho, yeah. Psycho, uh, the one hour photo, which was fantastic. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's was, right. Was probably, I would say his most creepiest uh, part he ever played. And Insomnia, where he, he just played out a serial killer. But I think one hour photo was probably my favorite of his being like extremely creepy. 
Yeah. Where he plays a one-hour photo really employee, and he just becomes obsessed with this one, you know, and no one knows what a one-hour photo means nowadays. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, Film? they wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, he was so obsessed with this one family that he, he gets, he breaks into their house, and, like, he does the most creepiest thing I ever saw in film, where he breaks into this person's house, this, this woman he's obsessed with, who just basically knows... He just sees her in the photos and, you know, and then he gets in, he starts stalking her, breaks into, you know, she's married. She has a family and she breaks into the guy's house or the girl's house, the family's house. No one's home. And he takes the shit in their toilet. And it was the fucking creepiest thing ever. (laughs) And that's it. That's a pure in violation. That's the most, most you could. I remember thinking, I go, wow, what a, what a evil evil person (laughs) yeah and it's such a crazy it's such a crazy like the fact that he sees these pictures so he feels like he's a part of their family you know what i mean like yeah because it's all happy it's all all happy photos of like birthday parties (laughs) it's like he he inserts himself into the feelings of the family and the photo yeah i forgot how good that was man that movie was great and his performance was spectacular you're right, dude. I I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. Yeah, and not many people can do that, dude. Like, Awakenings, you're crying because he's so fucking prolific and in uh, Good Morning Vietnam. It's so dramatic, but he's so great. But he's also so funny. He's, yeah, the guy was brilliant. Everything he touched was brilliant. Well, I do have a um, Robin Williams on my list. Um, and you know, I was thinking about One Hour Photo. I was thinking about Insomnia. I was thinking about Dead Poets Society. You know, before we, uh, before I go into my pick, I just want to really quickly, uh, you know, recognize that Philip Seymour Hoffman was terrific oh. in Punch Drunk Love. Before we, you know, you know, get off the, the topic, but but my pick for Robin Williams as like the, kind of the part where, at least for me, I, I didn't see him in this light. You know, that he was able to really kind of do a dramatic uh, role, and it's so funny because. I think at this point, I only knew him as the comedy guy in Mark and Mindy. And also when he does these talk show appearances, he's always a mile a minute, quick-witted, does a lot of accents, you know, like he's he's like he... He's never fucking still, dude. (laughs) Even when he's sitting on the couch, he's fidgeting constantly and moving back and forth. He has made this persona of this, you know, great live wire person. Uh, But for me... And also, I could have easily put Dead Poets Society on this list, too. But for me, the moment where I go, oh, fuck, this guy is actually an Oscar-worthy actor, is The Fisher King. So The Fisher King, which is like one of my favorite movies, it's Jeff Bridges uh, uh, plays a shock jock. He's kind of playing a Howard Stern type, a shock jock who uh, he gets gets, uh, disgraced because of um, one of his callers. performed a uh, a tragic shooting you know he became a shooter and shot up a uh, a place he shot up a dinner place as as jeff bridges falls down from his from riches because he's a very popular shock jock uh, dj uh he now is struggling and he befriends this homeless man played by robin williams and later he finds out there's a connection between the two anyway i don't want to give too much away if people haven't seen it but there, Dude, it's I a ter- haven't seen it. You haven't seen the Fisher King. My, I remember my mom watching it, and I remember walking in mm. on it, 
And I was confused. And I think I was like, what are you watching? And she was telling me she's watching. And at first I thought it was Hook. Oh. Because he, cause he's running around and he's kind of like in garb. I don't yes. know. Yeah. No, no. There is a, a kind of a fantasy element to the movie. You got to, yeah, whatever I, you do, stop right now. <laughs> let's, let's stop the podcast. <laughs> let's watch the official game. No, this is Terry, Terry, Terry Gilliam movie. So there's a lot of fantasy elements into it. Robin Williams is playing a homeless man. And, you know, the, he famously said that he was kind of based on a real homeless person in New York, kind of famous homeless person named Radio. Uh, so he has a radio around him. Um, and D- D- Jeff Bridges is also a, also a terrific performance by Jeff Bridges. But they team up and they go on this kind of Don Quixote quest or King Arthur type quest because he's a, he's crazy. Uh, um the homeless man is crazy. He he thinks like the Holy Grail is in, in this one apartment in New York, but he thinks it's a castle, whatever. It's it's strange. It's a strange little movie. It's a fantastic performance by Robin Williams. And once you get to the flashback scenes before he becomes homeless is when I realize how great of an actor he is. That's all I'm going to say. In the same, he's doing it in the same movie. He's going regular to crazy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's definitely crazy at this point where he, where Jeff Bridges finds him. I mean, he's a homeless man. He's bonkers. He's lost his, his marbles, but he's so lovable. And they have great chemistry. Chemistry? And, yeah. Watch the movie. You're going to fucking love it. I got it. <laughs> and I love I love Gilliam's shit, man. I'm just looking at him right now. I, I think a huge fan of Brazil. Time Bandits, dude. How does he's, Mr. Mar- man, you, this is what I, I, you. <laughs> it, you know what? There's a certain, there's a certain genre of movie that I don't watch and I missed out. Like, I'd say mid '80s performances like this, like huh. flicks like this. I I have a bear. It's like I have a blind spot. Yeah, me too. I have in pockets, my movies for yeah. Them. I have pockets where I have, yeah. I missed a lot of movies as well. So I understand. I would say that's my first pick of actors breaking the mold, doing something different. That's... Robin Williams is terrific. It's I don't know if he was nominated, but I know there was a lot of buzz around his performance in it. Uh, uh, yeah, he's great. Uh, it was. I, I gotta check it for sure. I know I'm the odd man out on that one, because I was just looking at the actors and everybody that's involved. There's no way this thing couldn't be a home run. All right, you want me to go next? Yeah, go next. Okay, dude. I this one came up for me, and it's weird because I have, oh, I have a love hate relationship with this person. There's certain flicks and characters and roles that he's been in that I adore. But I'd say that's only about 10% of his work. The other 90, not a big fan. It's And it's more the role, not him per se. But it's Tom Cruise. Oh. Like, I'm not into the spy type of movies. And, uh, like, I don't. I think I saw One Mission Impossible. Oh, and what? And most of... Fucking the last... Yeah, I'm, it's just... The last Mission Impossible is so man. good, though. <laughs> Dude, there's so many things that happen that are bullshit. You know what I mean? I, it's just... It's coincidence on coincidence. Like, uh, it, dude, uh, I don't know. Maybe because I've been shooting in real life, I know it's hard to do. So if I'm hanging off a train and I got to hit somebody <laughs> between, the, you know what I mean? It's one of those shits. But anyway, but that's why a bulk of his movie. But like him playing um, Steve on Outsiders, fucking great. <laughs> Jerry Maguire, <laughs> beautiful. The Firm, I don't think I watched that until you and Tony fucking browbeated me into watching that shit. The Firm and A Few Good Men. Because yes. I don't like courtroom dramas, dude. Mm. I don't. But that was so good. I mean, Top Gun, everybody liked Top Gun. But my out of character for him, 
Collateral. Oh, okay, awesome. Collateral yeah. was a fucking great movie. Yeah. And what's that, Man, right? Michael Mann, uh, yeah. I was expecting just him to be his fucking, I'm 5'6", but somehow I could run down fucking beasts, and, <laughs> like linebackers, and kick the shit out of them. This movie was so fucking good. The it's story good. was great. I don't even like Jamie Foxx, dude. I don't. Oh, that's right. You told he me about this. He yeah. was fucking brilliant yeah. in this flick. Just the story. Even the fucking ending about how they, they do the what the draw. Um, What's that called? The callback mm-hmm. from the story on the train. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> but, I mean, he was such a badass. And the way he, I don't it, the writing was amazing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, w- the first kill where he shoots that guy, he falls out of the window. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you killed him. And he's like, no, I didn't kill him. The bullets in the fall killed him. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, dog, that's the perfect fucking line right there. You know and, what I mean? And he has the, blonde, like, he has the blonde hair oh. for the first time. Yeah. Or, like, almost white, right? Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a weird kind of blonde. Like, yeah. silver, copper. Yeah. He has a platinum. look. It's funny, because, like, I agree with you with Tom Cruise. Like, the last couple of movies, because he's been doing the Mission Impossible or even the Top Gun sequel, he's kind of been playing, he's kind of coasting a little bit. He's playing the same character. The same character for same decades, character. dude. And, and, and Collateral was really maybe the last time where he tried something different. Maybe there was something before, after that, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we, he has a talent. I don't understand why he has a talent to really change yeah. things up. I remember when he did Lestat in, uh, oh, interview, yeah, so good, so good in, in, in uh, interview with a vampire and in, in, uh, yeah, he was amazing in that shit. Dude. So he could do it. I just don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he likes to coast or he likes maybe he sees movies as more as like, you know, vacation or something. I don't know. But or it's like it's almost mm-hmm. like he had such good, good box office and. Um, feedback from the action movies that that's where he's like, okay, that's my bread and butter. That's what I got to stick to. You know what I mean? I yeah. wish he would have branched out. Yeah. But dude, that line, it's when he says it was the bullets in the fall that <laughs> killed him. He says it so clean and it's like, it's like, dude, get over it. You know what I mean? Like, we got a long night to go. And I don't know if a, it, the, the thing that blew me away was that it was out of character, but I don't know how many people could have pulled that role off. Yeah. Because you got to play it a certain way. Mm-hmm. You can't just be total badass because it's not believable. It's like, oh, you're superhuman, fucking cold, heartless motherfucker. You know what I mean? He, oh, he's so good. And Tom Cruise himself has a coldness to him, you know? There's kind of yeah. almost a robotic. Like a disconnect. Yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah. So it, it works well for the character playing this contract killer. And uh, Jamie Foxx is the taxi driver who's stuck with him. It's like and he's a, got a great role too, man. Yeah, yeah. And he's so good in that performance. And, <laughs> How fucked are you? You got to follow this dude. And it's not like you could just run away. He's got you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's like, and you got to keep believing that if I just go along, I'm okay. But then it's like, why would he leave me? You know what I mean? Deep down in your soul, you're like, I can do everything and I'm still getting killed. You know what I mean? It's like such a good fucking flick. This dude. is good one, story. This is one of the rare films where I got it wrong the first time. Cause I remember watching it in theaters and I remember going, Oh, I don't think I like this movie. And I and I had to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom, and I came back, and I kind of missed like the last, or you know, like the, at, near the ending, um, the, maybe twenty minutes, or not, not not that long, ten minutes or so. And I I go, I don't think I liked it. And it's only when I rewatched it again, like, oh, I was so wrong. And maybe <laughs> maybe the the feeling of me have to go in the back holding because I was trying to hold it. 
Oh. And maybe it fucked my experience up because. Like you had an urgency because you had to go take Yeah, maybe my, I was more focused on my body telling me that I need to go pee. That it fucked my experience of watching the movie. I couldn't focus or something. Because when I rewatched it, I'm going, oh, I was totally wrong. This is fucking awesome. This is actually a great thriller. I'm and told, I, yeah, I, 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 I missed the, the mark. I missed the mark. I think the it. only reason why I watched it was because of man. Like, oh, yeah. If you tell me, okay, I got this movie with uh, Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx, I'd be like, I'm out. Say no more. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when you say, you know, Michael Mann, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, Michael Mann. You, like he, you have to watch yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think he's coming out of heat at the time. Yeah, the whole bunch yeah of, he was on fire. He was on fire. That's yeah. true. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, that's mine because that made me entertain. If you say Tom Cruise is in it, you, it doesn't rule me out instantly anymore. <laughs> and I mean, interview so much, dude. He couldn't fuck up interview, but he was great. So to say he couldn't fuck it up is like an asshole way to say it. But that's why I wouldn't have been like, I'm not watching it because Tom Cruise is in it. But he couldn't fuck it up. But he actually did great in that movie, too. So, so you came up with the idea of let's talk about a- actors again playing against type, and my first thought came up because this probably was the, was the first time I realized that an actor can change their genre was with this performance. It was with Arnold Schwarzenegger in Twins. So, you oh know, yeah, yeah. Up to that point, Arnold was only known for being a action hero, even a killing machine in Tar- Terminator. Uh, but he never tackled comedy, and really, if it, it, and you could tell from his uh, with his talk show appearances or when he's doing these interviews that there is something, you know, innately comical about him. He is there's a charisma that he has, and so it 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 that's that's you know he worked brilliantly with Ivan Reitman, and we did actually did an episode about Ivan Reitman. We did a tribute, and we talked about twins. Oh yeah, but uh, that le- led me to you know his you know, you know because of the success of Twins and the success of that performance that I think he was able to light, lighten up his persona and I think that's why the reason why Terminator Two was such a big hit and still now I think Terminator Two is now considered not just a great blockbuster but now I think people are now seeing it as a, one of the great '90s movies of all time and you know it's it, it has this reese resurgence of like you know saying that this is probably one a near perfect movie i I gotta be honest i've never stopped watching it yeah you know how you watch movies and then i was like oh i remember that movie dude (laughs) as soon as it's on a platform i'm fucking in we love that movie in the theaters dude that was great it's a no fast forward movie yeah i get what you're saying dude terminator don't get me wrong terminator fucking in the soul of my heart is top five Mm -hmm. i'm insane for the original terminator and so sequels always fall short but terminator 2 my heart tells me not to say it's just as good because the Terminator is always special to me. I don't know why. I don't fucking know why. But <laughs> Terminator 2 was a fucking mega home run. Yes. It was so good. Yes. And it's just, you know, just not on a technical level, but all the characters, the you know progression of the characters and their, their storyline. It's what you have to do when you think of a sequel. Unfortunately, people don't follow that blue blueprint enough. But uh, and dude, he, he was he was enough to make you crack up the movie. Oh yeah, all his one liners were fucking hilarious, dude. And I think that's the only the only way you get to that point is when you're successful at Twins and doing those comedies where he could able to open up and become a better actor. And uh, he brought both to that character. Yeah. The action was insane. <laughs> the comedy. 
So think, thinking about this, thinking about Schwarzenegger's career. No problemo. It, <laughs> Sorry. I, it, well, it led me to Terminator 2, and I, and I go, oh, you know what? This is the actor or actress on my list, uh, Linda Hamilton. Her performance in Terminator 2 was such a departure from, from what she's been doing before that. Okay, because at this point, mm-hmm. she's what? Beauty and the Beast on TV? Yes. And, and Terminator and, and, 1. So and, she's like the victim. She's the victim. She is the femme fatale, not the femme fatale, but the dan- dans- damsel in distress. Exactly. Uh, and to see her come out transforming physically, buff, and she's just surprised everyone with that performance and how much of a difference that it was compared to the Sarah Con- Connor in the first Terminator. Because of that difference, you you kind of feel this history with the character and like that, she went to some really crazy, uh, you know, s- stuff in her in her life. I'm talking about the character that 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 made it such a special movie too. I mean, I think that's a, also a reason why Terminator Two is such a you know remarkable achievement. And you gotta you gotta remember, up until this point, girls were not badass. At the <laughs> most, they were spot, you know. But I mean, they were spies, maybe. Yeah. But they weren't physically. Um, intimidating. You know what I mean? They were they were like sultry and they might be a spy and they could shoot you. You know what I mean? But they weren't like fucking ripped. And then there, there was this horrible, you know, idea of what women could play. It's It was like the idea, the, the, the kind of common consensus that people always said that the only parts in Hollywood for women are the mother, the wife, and the whore. And it, it was true. It was kind of true uh, for a lot of, you know, for a lot of years, for a lot of decades. And for Linda Hamilton to come in and really be one of the, the great characters of all time. Now, at that point, they used to, you know, when they talk about like physical, uh, perf- you know, transformation, they always will point to Robert De Niro for. And Cape Fear. And Cape Fear, or gaining a lot of weight in, in Raging Bull or whatever, or, or Christian Bale. But to have a woman to be pointed out about her physical transformation, I think that was something different and something new. Yeah, because. But then Untouchables and Cape Fear, it was De Niro went so drastic because he gained the weight to play Capone and uh-huh. then fucking went to fucking just like Swayze ripped in fucking um, Cape Fear. So that's almost like a health risk right there, you know? What I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like, but for a girl to do it, like you said, yeah, dude, that was unheard of. Yes, unheard of. And, uh, and you know, Linda Hamilton never got like the award recognition that she should have got. Um, but I think. She deserved it, you know, to see Sarah Connor in that way. You know, the first moment where we see her in the in the in the mental hospital in her room, and she has like kind she's of she's doing pull ups, right? She's doing pull ups. We don't see her face at first. Then they they I think they say Sarah are, are you there or whatever, and she does that dramatic turn, and she has her hair kind of over her face, and she's like huffing and puffing. I'm like, God damn, and she's like more like a. Of an animal, <laughs> she's an animal stuck in a cage and stuff. I mean, it's yeah, it's fucking. She's more uh, deadly than than Arnold in that movie. Yeah. She's so unpredictable. At least yeah, Arnold she, has a program. <laughs> she she's like, I'm gonna kill this fucking dude and his whole family <laughs> right. to just stop the apocalypse. But I question. This is what I heard, dude. I don't know. It's I don't know how much. If you're like the almanac. But you know how they have the flashback scene and she's at the playground? Yes. And her kids are playing? Okay. They said she has a twin. Oh, right. And right. She, got, she got so ripped, she couldn't play the flashback scene. 
So they had her twin do it. Interesting. That's what I heard because she was just so gnarly, you know, with muscle and lean that she wouldn't be, she didn't look like the flashback of what she looked like in the 80s. That's interesting. I, yes, I, I, you never heard that? I never heard that. Um, I did hear that she, for the one scene where they did a mirror scene where she's taking bullets from Arnold's face or was it his face? So there was a, there was a scene behind her shoulder. And it's like they were going to do a close-up to the mirror. And so because of the reflection of the camera, they couldn't do it. Oh, shit. That's smart, dude. That's (laughs) way cool. So have her sister shoulder. Yeah, they had her sister on the other side. So she's in the front. In the front, there's a dummy. She's working on a dummy. And they pull the the camera pulls into the mirror where then it has her twin sister working on Arnold on the other side of the mirror. So that that's true. I mean, that's what happened. That's fucking genius, dude. That is. I mean, mm-hmm. if you got a twin, mm-hmm. fucking use it. You know what I mean? And they, they did, do it they, for babies. They, Every movie with a baby has a twin. They do that with. They did that same technique with, in that in Terminator Two a couple of times. We did it with the with the 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 security guard who where the the liquid yeah. uh, metal guy, the redhead guy, yeah, the guy with the mustache. Yeah, because that guy's a real twin. That guy's a real twin. So they did that same technique yeah. with that guy. So he. That's interesting. I didn't hear about the Linda's. Hamilton's twin playing that character. It's, it's yeah, possible. that's what I heard it's ever possible. since the beginning. That it, yeah, <laughs> and it was so funny because my aunt, I got an aunt, and it's like she, it's not like she's big or anything, but she was just like a normal. I just sat. She was like a normal woman, and this movie she <laughs> saw it and she was blown away, and she started working out all the time. Oh, she's like, do you see her? She's got, and I remember her saying this. She's got biceps, yeah. and she was like blown away. She's like, she has biceps. A woman has biceps, and I'm like. Yeah, all women have biceps, but <laughs> she meant that they were popping. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like all of a sudden she was joining the gym, and I was. Uh, I thought awesome. it was hilarious. That's awesome. But that was her take from the movie. Like, yeah. and she's like her shoulders and her arms, and she was like blown away by a, like what a woman could be. I think and a I lot of like, people were blown away by her her, her physical transformation. But still be a woman too. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's not like she. It's not like she's a bodybuilder where all of a sudden it's like, okay, where'd you hide your dick? You know what I mean? It was like she's still very woman. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Yeah. You can cut that part out later. <laughs> no, I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> no, That's going to be what you play every time. <laughs> every time I say my name, it's like, Angel, where you hiding your dick? <laughs> 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 and she raised the bar because like four years <laughs> later, um, the Memore had to shave her head to go, you know, to upper. Yeah, I think so. I think, and that's, I think, you know, that's not a joke, right? I mean, I I think that definitely. No, it's like yeah, yeah. I think definitely that that started that wave of 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 of, of women trying to do different things physically. Um, and yeah. you know what, James Cameron, give a lot of respect for James Cameron because he did this with with Linda Hamilton. He did this earlier with Sigourney Weaver in Aliens too. She he likes strong women, and I think uh, he you know even like in Titanic, uh, uh, Kate Winslet is not necessarily a damsel. I always liked James Cameron's uh, depiction of strong women. Uh, what's on your list? Let me hear your. Okay, one. my next one was. Okay, it's weird because I got ones that were good. Like this is afflicted. I don't know even know if you saw, but this one hits it for me. Um, people places things. People I don't know places. if you ever saw it. Yeah, it's with um, Clement. I never Jermaine. I, I never really know how to say his first name. Oh, okay. Jermaine Clement. Clement. The, Clement. The New Zealand comedy from Flight of the Concord. 
dude, this guy has like a fucking direct line to fucking hilarious for me. <laughs> I could just look at his face and piss myself crying. Dude, so he's funny and everything he does, he's fucking hilarious, but he's always like odd funny, like whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah. This movie is like, this is a drama, basically. I wouldn't even call it a comedy. It's listed as a comedy romance, but yeah. dude, he is fucking brilliant in this <laughs> flick because he's not any of the characters you see him as. And I mean, I want to say me and my wife's out, we got fucking teary eyed. Wow. Because it's just him with two daughters and he's trying to be a single dad or, or like divorcing. It's dude, it's so strong. You gotta give it a try. Yeah, and I will. if you I like will. his if you ever watch anything else he's in, like dude, I huge fucking fan of Eagle versus Shark. Yeah. Which my wife wanted to divorce me when she found out I thought it was amazing. She was like <laughs> She couldn't get through five seconds of it. And it's like, she's literally embarrassed. Like, how can I be with someone that thinks this is funny? And she's a different person. But that is, dude, that one of the, that movie is so hilarious to me. Just he, he, and dude, and even, I mean, by the time I loved um, Men in Black, but by the time it got to like the three and the whatever's horrible. So he was in that one where he's in one of them, Men in Black 3. Yeah. The only reason to watch the movie is <laughs> one of the aliens by far. Right? Yeah, yeah, and he's barely got a role, but it, he is so fucking funny. And even when he just does voiceover stuff, mm-hmm. like my my daughter, don't ask me why she watches a show called Big Mouth. It's horrible. Don't let children watch it. Oh yeah, but yeah. he does a couple <laughs> of the voices, and he is fucking hilarious, dude. So fucking funny. But I mean, um, what we do in the shadows. I don't know if you ever saw the movie movie. No, I, I no, I, this is another one that uh, I, I gotta go back and yeah, yeah. But just yeah, he's 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 comedy fuel. He is just that funny to me. But and it's just he was he's got a you know it's funny when somebody's a comic actor even if they do a serious role they bring a little levity to it. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him that. But he's not the same funny. But he's he's just so good in it, dude. He is so fucking good. And I I don't know, man. This. For me, Jermaine Clement, even when he was just in Moana as the singing the song as a crab, <laughs> he's just so good to me, dude. He is so good. I'll have to check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah, gotta gotta try it. Uh, comedy. Let me let me pick a comedy. Um, or a comedy comedy actor who's known for comedy but does something a little bit different. I don't know what's your feelings about this movie, but I love this performance by this one comedian and he's a comic super like a legit comic superstar so eddie murphy ruled the 80s and 90s but he did something different in 1992 he did a romantic dramedy i I thought if you were gonna say pluto nash you're (laughs) gonna hang up right now (laughs) no he did a dramatic romantic com it's a i guess you could still say it's a romantic com but it's a different side of eddie in boomerang are you a big fan of boomerang have you seen boomerang I have um, not my top of his flicks. No, but it's such a different performance from him. I think usually, you know, certainly in his earlier career, he's been playing kind of the guy from the streets. He's a, you know, he he's has street knowledge and, and he's from certain neighborhoods, like 48 hours or. Yeah, he's almost like, like a, like a jive talking. Yeah. Fast wit kind of con man guy. Right, yeah. yeah. Always those kind of characters. And then in the 90s, he's trying something different. And with Boomerang, 
He is a professional ad executive. He's a womanizer, and he he meets his match. Uh, it, I don't know. It's a t- totally different side of, of Eddie that I've seen before. And so I just want to just you know give props and point it to it because I think I I I love I still like the movie a lot. I I I kind of wish that Eddie does more different things. You know, he's still kind of. I guess he's true. I mean, nowadays he's just playing the family man in a lot of these comedies. You know, he, yeah. he, re- he recently had a Christmas comedy. I didn't even want to check it out. Yeah. You didn't miss out. Dude. Oh, you watched it. I, I go, maybe I should check this out because I love Eddie so much, but damn, this movie doesn't look that great, but I wish he could. Nah, like... I don't even think it was his fault. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, Christmas movies in general are usually cheesy. Yeah. If you ask me, <laughs> yeah. if you don't, if you don't have a hook, like a yeah. horror or a this or a that, they're usually cheese ball. They're they're like you said. They're the Hallmark movies, and yeah. it's funny because like he um, reteams with the same director of Boomerang, uh, Reginald Hutland. You know th- that's why Bo- Boomerang came into mind. Uh, it's a good movie. It's like I think a lot of people do love it. It's a, it's, a, it's still a comedy, but it's a different side of the the comedic side of Eddie Murphy, where he is. It's just a to- he's playing a totally different character. You know, I wish he could like still branch out, and because I think he's still a talented guy. You know, in Bowfinger, <laughs> he's you know he plays a nerd in a Bowfinger, and I yeah, I, I, I wish he could like he still has it. You know, he still has these these moments. I know he's coming back this this year with a, a, another Beverly Hills Cop uh, remake or not remake but sequel, and I go like a reboot. Yeah, yeah, like four. I hope he's good, you know, because <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see him come back, you know. Yeah, especially <laughs> that character. Everybody loves that character. And and three was really pushing it. Yeah, oh, as yeah. far as shittiness goes. Yeah. And a couple of years he had a couple of years ago he had the the sequel to um, uh, Coming to America. Yeah, and, and so I liked I liked it because I like it Coming yeah, to America. But, but that's know. what it is, dude. Yeah. We only liked it because we loved the yeah. first one so fucking much. Yeah. We we forget we forgave all the <laughs> shittiness to the second one because of how much we liked the first one. That's the only way I could word it because it's true. We forgave its shortcomings because the first one was so yeah. fucking. Amazing. It was all nostalgia, uh, bait, and and yeah. but I do love him and. Dynamite is my name, which is his comeback movie that came out a couple years ago. Yeah, I saw that. That one was pretty good. That was good. That was good. Yeah, he's got some stuff that's really good. Yeah, uh, old for me, it's mostly the older stuff, Golden Child, shit like that. But that's because it's classic. From you know, I it's not just the movie; it's how I I remember when I first saw it. So I get that nostalgia back. I I get those feelings of being young, <laughs> and these are the kind of cool like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, those are great. <laughs> it was so funny, dude, because for the movie. If I was to pick his off movie, I, it wouldn't have been that one, man. Because he's got some, like, where he's funny, but it's not a funny role. You know what I mean? Like, like Metro was kind of a little off. He <laughs> yeah. wasn't as serious. Yeah. But you know what I mean? He was trying Just to do, for his body of yeah. work. He was trying to do Axel a little bit. He was trying yeah. to go back, you know. I, I but like... I guess Boomerang, Boomerang's, uh, it, it would be, it's definitely pushes his normal typecast for sure. Yeah, it, it, was, it was him trying to be... More mature at the time, uh, and also him trying to be a leading man more, like a, a romantic leading man. It was just something different about that character, which I don't see him go back to again. You know, he, um, and I just, it just made me think that he's, you know, he was more capable of, of doing the typical other stuff. Yeah, other yeah. stuff, right? Go, go, go into Michael Keaton. I want to talk about my, Michael Keaton. 
Dude, you know what's so funny? Because when I was thinking about Batman, I was thinking about Keaton. Amazing. It's... You can find several movies where he broke the mold. Do you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Like, I was thinking... First thing that popped in my head was not... Um, it was not Batman. It was Pacific Heights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he played a crazy psycho in that flick. And up to yeah. then, he was funny. Or he could even be kind of... A little serious, like, um, like even his comedies always have a serious part, like Mr. Mom. Uh-huh. Like there's there's these weird parts in that where you you come to like almost like um your own little epiphany and where everything lines up, and he gets serious, and it's a serious part of the movie, you know. So it's it's at the perfect time, and he's so good at those parts. But for the main part, for the main 95% of the movie, he's pure comic, you know? Yeah, I think when he was coming up, you know, he had a, he, you know, he was, he had a short career as a stand-up comedian before he went to films. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he really quick, like like maybe a couple years. But yeah, once he kind of uh, broke into the industry with Mr. Mom or, or Night Shift, he was Fucking kind of known. Gung-ho. Gung-ho, yeah. yeah. Gung-Ho is like <laughs> one of the forgotten favorites of mine. I'm sorry. No, but again, it it showed his his the different shades of comedy. You know, even Gung-Ho was kind of a dramedy before the, the term dramedy. He always kind of played like kind of the blue-collar guy or average dude who was tr- just trying to make ends meet. And that was the kind of perfect wheelhouse for him. But then, you know... Uh, clean and sh- sober was the one that kind of oh, made, fuck yeah. <laughs> made him like like oh maybe everyone stood up and say oh this guy is maybe is a much more than just a comic actor I mean even though like he, his biggest part at the time in the, in the late eighties was Beetlejuice which made him like a superstar but yeah this is your list let me hear your what, what was the movie that kind of broke the mold for Michael Keaton you know I I had Keaton down as Batman just in my notes. But you know what? Now that you, I mean, my thing would have been for, I wasn't thinking about him as drama because even he is a master of timing, dude. Mm. He is so good, especially even at comedies with his timing and his face is just, he could have a serious face and he could deliver a hilarious line. Yeah. yeah. But there's nothing funny in his face, but that makes it even better. But even like when you think about, and Mr. Mom and stuff, mm-hmm. like he plays the pause perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Like someone says something and he's got that, like his face looks paused. And then it's, he even does it in Batman. And it's like, <laughs> eh, we'll circle back to that. You know what I mean? He'll right. say something like that. Right. And it's fucking hilarious, but it's the pause. And it's, dude, he, he is so good at that. It's all, even it's, in like, it's like a double the take. other guys. It's kind of like a double yeah. take. Yeah. Yeah. But he sets himself up and <laughs> He plays all three parts of a of a setup like that, and he plays it fucking perfectly. Like for him, I mean, clean and sober is awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, what's the one, dude? He made me fucking ball my life in um my life, dude. Fuck. <laughs> oh fuck, I want to cry thinking about when he's making the video for his kid about shaving. Yeah, I mean the the story is amazing. His performance is. Fucking pure gold, but the setup on it is so fucking. It's it's like the director and the story knew how to just reach in and grab your heart, and they just fucking will squeeze when they feel like squeezing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just to make you 
just for not not to hurt you, but for the emotion. Yeah, and, and, and when he's my life oh, is God. he's playing a cancer, a guy dying from from cancer, and his wife's pregnant. His wife's pregnant, right? And so yeah, he makes the videos to kind of be there when he's not going to be there. Oh fuck! But even in that dramatic role, like dude, I'm I'm getting choggy. Um, <laughs> when he does the videos, it, he still has a little funny. Like when he's teaching his kid how to jumpstart a car. Mm-hmm. And so he's there with the, he's, he's telling his kid, I'll tell you, I jump set a car. And he says, but make sure you don't touch these together. He's like, because they're going to spark. And he's like, just asking Uncle Frank about the time we played Frankenstein. Yeah. Dude, I remember that whole line because it was so, because you're in tears because of the, what's happening. The situation. And he says yeah. that. Yeah. And you just, you cry through your tears because that shit was hilarious. I think that's why I remember to this day. He's like, just ask Uncle Frank about when we played Frankenstein. Oh, God, that was so good. And I forgot, like, I was just thinking about out of type. So I was thinking more like the comic um, action-y role other than humor. But I forgot. I kind of totally forgot about how good he is at drama. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because, yeah, Clean and Sober is amazing. And my life is fucking... If you want a good cry and just a good fucking... Oh, God, that... <laughs> I forget about that flick, dude. That's so good. Did my life hit you? Because I remember, you, you know, we were friends in 1993 when that movie came out. And I remember you were talking about how much that movie touched you. Was it because, and it's funny because we were just talking about how you're, you how you raise your kids now with that kind of same honesty. It, that, was that movie was because of like you, you growing up with a single, you know, mother household and the father aspect of that movie leaving something to your child that had to play into why that movie touched you so much yeah i don't think i realized it at the time but for sure because it's kind of like i had a dad but wasn't around Mm -hmm. so that was like that emptiness but like even at that time i'm like dude there's no way I would ever be this shitty to my kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, when you grow up, yeah, you compare yourself to what you're going to be when you grow up. I'm like, I'm never going to be like that. But imagine if that was taken from you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you didn't have a choice. You didn't choose not to be there. Oh, no. And he didn't. He got cancer. But he found a way to still be involved. Oh, and that yeah. thing, it the was effort. beautiful. Right, the yeah. effort. Yeah. And I mean, that's the story, though. I mean, yeah. whoever did that story is fucking great, dude. I don't know if it was a book or what. But that was such a bitching concept. And I mean, you couldn't do it before, but you'd have to write letters. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but this one, your your child can see you. They can hear you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a total immersion. It's like you're there even though you're not. It's, it's also the, the the decade of the camcorder, the videotape, and that idea of leaving a message on video. You know, it's so much more personal than, say, leaving a letter or something like that or a note or something yeah. like that. And it's just... And but imagine it was you, and you would have to know that this is the only way. You he was like probably never gonna see. You know what I mean? You're right. never gonna see him. You're never gonna be there for <laughs> these events. Yeah. But you want to be there for them. Ah, mm. oh, <laughs> dude, it's tough, man. <laughs> this okay for? I don't fucking feel stuff in movies. I really don't. This movie does it, and the end of um, she's having my baby. Oh. Is it she's having my baby? Is that the Kevin Bacon? Yeah, where where she gets they're stuck. in the room. The, the the baby gets stuck, right? Twisted in the tubes or something like that, right? Was that the, it? I don't 
I'm gonna spoil it, but isn't doesn't the oh does the mother that? passes right? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, because they they show the they play this really fucking sad song, and then it's kind of like her hand drops down. Oh, fuck like it. they're trying to give birth, <laughs> give birth, and then all of a sudden the hand drops down, and they play the saddest fucking song. Oh, dude, it's so fucking horrible, but it's so great. A, that was a John Hughes film. Yeah, and it's Kevin Bacon, and I can't remember Elizabeth McGovern was the the, the, the mom, right, or the the wife, right? The, yeah, I, I remember there was a complications complications. The, yeah, and I think the mom did. It was dude, it is the saddest, <laughs> and it's so funny because for the most part, it's kind of like an upbeat, hey, like a not a happy movie, but you know what I mean, like yeah, a, like a typical rom com, funny almost rom com. Like they, they meet and they fall in love and then they get married and. Dude, they, they that have... shit came out of nowhere. <laughs> that fucking part. Mm. And I was like, how do you do this to people? Like, you got me. You pulled me along the whole time. And then you just fucking stuck it in and broke the knife off. You know what I mean? It's like, you motherfuckers. Uh, to go back to Michael Keaton, though, because he was on my list, too. And and we were talking about before we recorded that how much I appreciated his performance as Batman. Now, you know, I'll go, I'll go into Batman because <laughs> I love Batman. Yeah. And I love, I Dude, love... it, every time somebody and it's I, okay, I'm not gonna be a dick. <laughs> Everybody talks about Ledger, right? And I'm like, yeah, he was cool. Yeah, for for jo- be- as a Joker. Yeah. Yeah, and he passed, and so it. Be- my thing is, I'm, I'm gonna be. Everybody's gonna hate this, but <laughs> I think it, it got blown out of proportion because he passed. It, he was great. It, and it, it was became a great something. Role. Yeah, more significant. Yeah, more than it was. Yeah, yeah. and. Joaquin is a weird motherfucker, so they gave him this whole joke. Whatever. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You can't undo the original. Like, with, Nicholson, with, you with can't Nicholson. fucking beat it. Yeah, it's it's unbeatable. Don't even try. Start concentrating on the Riddler or somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Joker's done. You can't do anything more Joker style. You can only get close. It's the bar set, and it's unreachable. I don't know. I, I have I, that that angers me because all you hear about is how great he was. Right. Like no, all right, why are you, is everybody? Yeah. Less people are talking about one? Jack Nicholson's performance as Joker, and it was and so was Keaton's. Everybody with yeah. the, with even Patton doing his shit now, and <laughs> it, it, I don't know. Well, it's more uh, like these two, people think that they have a better taste. Right. So and, now and they're. It's, it's funny because like uh, Keaton doesn't even come up in the conversations about his his version of Batman, and to me, Batman will always be Michael Keaton. And and I th- I still think it's the, probably the best best uh, depiction of of Bruce Wayne and, and both both Bruce Wayne and Batman, you know Christian Bale is fantastic, but I think he is much more more of a a good you know a great Bruce Wayne compared to his Batman, you know because his his uh, Bale's Batman is really just a guy with a you know rough voice a, gra- a gravelly voice. Where I think Keaton was actually playing two different characters. In fact, I think Bruce Wayne is probably he's probably uncomfortable playing Bruce Wayne. He's really more comfortable playing Batman. If you look in the movie, like when well, you could see it too, yeah, in his performance. Yeah, yeah, he's he's awkward as as Bruce Wayne. He doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. He wants to be Batman. Yeah, like the the, the tux seems like the costume. Yeah, you yeah. Know I mean, he, yeah. he you see him in the movie. He's constantly with his tux when he's at the. The ball and he's talking to people. He's almost always kind of a little fidgety. Yeah, like it's uncomfortable. He looks uncomfortable as, like you said, he looks uncomfortable as Bruce Wayne in the Batman movie. There is such a low energy coming from Michael Keenan, which we have not seen before. But it kind of seems like he's holding it back. Yeah, to yeah. me, yeah, it's like and, it's there, but he's doing <laughs> everything as the character to keep it 
down. Yeah, it's yeah, it's suppressed. It's like a suppressed uh, anger. It's a very dark and sad portrayal of a person too, because he's all, all alone in this mansion. He's he doesn't have any friends. He's like by himself. He's waiting for that. Uh, uh, you know the 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 spotlight. You know the Batman spotlight. He's waiting for that every day, every night. Dude, I remember 1989, right? Yeah. I remember seeing this in the theater. It's like funny. We we're talking about my father or like the father of my, yeah, the guy that made me. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the one times I ever remember as a child with being with him. Oh. He took me, Tony and Henry and dude, we got out of the movies and we were fucking on cloud nine. <laughs> Even my father <laughs> liked it, but we were like, fuck it. I'm Batman. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> I'm Batman. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think instantly we begged him to take us to the store and just get the old school black shirt with the yellow logo. You know what I mean? Everybody was rocking that shirt. Yeah, it was yeah. the hottest thing in the world. And I just remember like we're saying lines and the first time I was fucking super excited about a movie. And I remember walking out and like everybody was doing it, not just us. Yeah. Like all the kids were talking to their parents and like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And everybody, everybody was so fucking exploded just everything about that movie and the energy when we left was insane and i don't nobody walked out like oh that was okay everybody was like oh that was amazing you know what i mean (laughs) everybody was so psyched about that flick yeah it was great that's my that's my favorite comic movie even all i love all the fucking bullshit ass marvel (laughs) avengers but it honestly for comic book that's my favorite of all time that's why I love the Flash movie. I mean, everyone's shits on the Flash, the movie that just came out like last year. Dude, that was great. I love it. That one. I fucking love it. it was so I loved good. it. I loved it because Michael Keaton was oh, fucking the miracle to have Michael Keaton come back as Batman. Oh yeah. Cuz for so many years he was like I'm never going to play a comic book character ever again. I I he, he was trying to distance himself from Batman. It really was only like the last couple of years, maybe a decade or so where he was trying to be more comfortable with his portrayal of Batman and accept that 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 fame of his. And to finally see him come back in this movie, and he's to, you know, he's not really the same Batman or the same Mike or the same Bruce Wayne in this movie, the Tim Burton movie. But it was such a fucking delight. <laughs> it was such a delight yeah, to see it him. was it was so cool. <laughs> and even awesome. the movie itself was cool. And it was funny because my son saw it first. And told me, Dad, you're going to like it. And I'm like, eh, I'm not a DC fan. I didn't watch the show on TV. I like the kid. I've seen him in other stuff. He's cool. Mm-hmm. And I saw it and I was like, fuck, this is really fucking good. And then like, I had to pause and I was upset. Like, fuck, I had to stop it and then continue it the, like the next day. Because I would like, I did that thing where I stopped to see how much more. Uh, yeah, yeah. And if it's more than like 20 minutes, I'm like, fuck, I can't. It's too <laughs> late. I can't. So I did one of those deals. And then when I came back, like I finished watching it and I was like, dude. This was quality. And I like you, I wasn't hearing anything, so I wasn't sure if it was as good as I thought it was, but dude, it was a hundred percent. It's awesome. And everyone shit, everyone so shits good. on it. Everyone's saying it's the you know the worst thing, it's killed DC, whatever, whatever. I don't care. It has Michael Keenan's Batman again. <laughs> That's yeah. all I needed. And I, I, I like the movie. It was, I think it's a strong film. Um yeah, so Batman's my you know, my pick, your pick, and Keenan's like just he's the best. Um let's uh, wind it down let's let's pick one more and then we're out um i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna like go to big and tall store and get me a, <laughs> a batman old school batman shirt well okay wait this isn't gonna be the last one okay but this was the most 
to me, this was the most out of character. Okay. Okay. We we saw Donnie Darko, right? Yes. And Donnie. I don't know if we I don't, I don't know if we saw it together. I think maybe we. I know we talked about it. Yeah, but it was one of those movies like uh, you had uh, to talk about it. It was like water cooler type of movie. It yeah, had all and these that's weird, what, twisty ideas. But that's and... what turned me off at the end. It was like <laughs> when we watched Swingers, how we loved it, and then everybody started talking, and it was like okay, <laughs> we getting too popular. Like, yeah, and yeah, there was too many like douchey type people <laughs> doing lines. So it's like okay, these guys don't like it. They're just going along with everybody else. So it, now it's it, it kind of sours it. So that's the same thing that happened to me with Donnie Darko. It's just like, it was one of, it was basically, it's going to sound real prudish, but it was like our kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And then people that didn't belong in our kinds of movies, like <laughs> to like those, yeah. started getting involved and it started killing it for me. <laughs> but anyway, so my thing was just real quick. Sorry, this, like I said, it wasn't, it was Swayze, dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> fucking great right yeah his role was awesome his character was insane so i just wanted to say that out there. because before that dude he was dancing or roadhousing in the motherfuckers with the roundhouse that's the last performance i really really remember him being in yeah he was he was good in that one so that wouldn't be my last one okay okay if i'm gonna choose the last last one the collateral okay i'm just gonna throw this one in there because i love the movie i have other ones like i have carrie for sunshine and the number 23 um, I'm going to go with 1996, one of our personal favorite. I believe you stepped on the director's shoe at Comic-Con <laughs> from dusk till dawn. Clooney. Oh, okay. <laughs> prior to this, he's done a lot since, but prior to this, he was just like TV comedy type shit, right? Yeah. ER. He was famous for ER and yeah, mostly yeah. just a TV guy. Yeah, exactly. And more drama. This, to me, was way out of his his wheelhouse. Like, it was... And, I mean, granted, at that time, Tarantino, Rodriguez, smoking hot. If you were anybody who wants to be... To test your chops... Like, people... Like, actors still are lining up to be in their movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, yes. So, of course, it wasn't like, oh, I love the role. But he was... Like, he probably asked to be in it before he knew what it was about. But that being said, he does a great job in yeah. this fucking flick. Like, it, dude, it's not just because we saw it a thousand times. I know we saw this together a bunch of times. Yeah. I think this is one of the ones that I got a laser disc for Christ's sake. But I think, I think, we, wa- I think awesome. we I think we watched the trailer on my computer and it took forever. Was that you? you were, to, to download? The, to download the trailer. It took like... Like twelve hours to download. Yeah, I, dude, I was telling, I was telling my kids, like you don't understand. We, there was a time when we didn't have the internet. Yes, I go. My friend Mike's dad had an office, and we'd go there in the night, like in the night, at night, because he had a modem, so we can go online. And it was like twenty eight, like, and you don't know what that means. It's fucking slow. Like we'd have to wait. We would play a movie line game, and we would lose. We had the right answer, but by the time we connected to send. Our answer, people beat us to it. And I remember Mike getting happy because his dad upgraded to like a 56K. <laughs> you know, he's like, hell yeah, now we really got to go because we're going to kick ass on this. So they don't understand what it was like before that. So yeah, when we used to have to download movie trailers, it would take forever. Forever, like hours. And it would be this like, little box in the, in, the, in the screen. And it was like the- longer than the movie took. 
And it it was I remember specifically for, I don't know if you were there, but I remember watching From Dust to Dawn the, the trailer, and I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna watch that. You know, I'm gonna watch that for the first day. But yeah, yeah, the Clooney was only known as at the at that time an ER star, TV star. Back then, star it was very rare for TV stars to jump into uh, to do movies and become a movie star. But because of the success of From Dust to Dawn, uh, he was able to get bigger projects and become a, like the big movie star he is today and, and we got to be honest the guy that opened the door for that shit was bruce willis man yeah die hard he yeah. went from what yeah mm-hmm. and, uh, moonlighting to yeah like he showed that it could be done <laughs> um my last pick and let me quickly mention this because when you said actors who were playing against type another name came, popped in my mind but it was just a small part but the 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 uh, this was one of the first things that popped in my mind, a uh, John Candy in JFK. You know what? I fucking wrote that down, dude. But <laughs> he his role is so it, small. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's just like one scene where he plays like a, yeah. a sleazy attorney in New Orleans. He has a kind of New Orleans accent. Uh, but it was like holy shit! That's John Candy, and it yeah. like and he's so good, so good at it. And I go fuck. You know, if he didn't pass away to too early he would i think he would have a strong career as a uh a dramatic actor you know i, I compared I, I think he could have had a career very similar to john goodman you know like he was that type of uh, character Dude, actor. it was so funny because i was like when you said that i was thinking of john goodman's role in oh brother we're out there yeah yeah you I, know what i mean that's like a crazy off but it was like the same thing it was a small role from a guy you associate with comedy yeah yeah and I think John Candy could have been a similar actor, you know, if he survived, uh, if he didn't die so young. Um, for my last pick, though, it's probably the mother of all comebacks. So I'm not sure if this is breaking the mold or, you know, going against type. But this is what you think of an actor's comeback. And it's John Travolta in Pulp yep. Fiction. Yep. I knew exactly what it was going to be when you said comeback. <laughs> Because so that's I, what you think of, dude. Yeah, it's got to be him. It's it's definitely. I mean, this is one of the greatest comebacks yeah, ever. Yeah. Look who's talking five, <laughs> and then fucking Pulp Fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had a great career in the seventies, late seventies, with Saturday Night Fever, and and in Greece, and then and then somehow in the eighties, he had this really kind of string of comedies, family comedies. You know, look who's talking, you know, talking baby movies. You know. So he wasn't at the, at the greatest uh, status. But, you know, Tarantino being such a big fan of, of Tra- Travolta's, he knew his abilities and he picked them for Pulp Fiction to star in Pulp Fiction. So John yeah, Travolta- I mean, he must have he must have had these fucking deer in the headlight faces when he pitched Travolta to these oh, people. They were kind of laughing. They probably laughed in his face. Yeah. Like thought it was a joke, and he was. Trem- You're not serious. He, he it's so, never gonna work. Yeah, he was so tremendous in the film. He got an Oscar nomination. He was, and he just kind of blew up. I mean, he became who he is now. You know, I knew who uh, Tarantino was a little bit. He, I saw Reservation Reservoir Dogs, and I was a big fan of Reservoir Dogs. And I heard that Pulp Fiction was his next film. And I heard, you know, at the time I was reading uh, Entertainment Weekly, you know, and I was reading these, you know, articles about Pulp Fiction. And I saw the trailer, and I'm like, yes, this is. I saw the commercial, I'm like, yes, I'm going to watch this fucking movie. And Tony, your brother, is sitting outside of your house, you know, your your parents' Rooting house, <laughs> and he's like, we're sitting, we're just kind of sitting in the in the in the 
sidewalk right there. And uh, he's like, hey, man, you want to go watch a movie or something later? I go, yeah. You know what's great? You know what's movies coming out like a couple weeks? He goes, what? I go, Pulp Fiction. We got to go. And he goes, what's Pulp Fiction? Oh, it's a it's uh it's a gangster movie starring John Travolta. And as he I said that, he's taking a sip of of a like a seven eleven Big Gulp or a Big Gulp. He's taking a sip of a big gulp, right? Yes, as soon as I said John Travolta, starring John Travolta, he does a spit take. He starts cracking up. And he goes, Are you crazy? <laughs> he starts just totally cracking up. I go, What's But let's <laughs> let's we we need to we need to take a pause yeah. and explain that he can be an asshole like that you know what i mean it, it was a perfect setup for him to do the spit take it could have been that he was taken back but no he, he's he no he literally was making fun of john travolta he thought it was the stupidest i stupidest idea or just the stupidest idea of seeing a gangster movie with john travolta in the lead it's like totally comical and the fact that i was like uh, uh, wanted to see it, you know, the, the excitement I had for it. So he was... Re- you think I mean, he thought you were joking, maybe? No, he thought, I, maybe, maybe. He literally, I mean, that's the reputation that John Travolta had at the time. He was this, he yeah. was a living joke at the time. Yeah. But I told you that, I watched that movie with my daughter, right? Pulp Fiction? And I was, yeah. Hey, because she's a big Grease fan. Oh, yeah. And so it was like, okay, I'm, we're going to watch this movie. I go, Liz, this movie is going to determine whether or not you're good like what your taste is for movies, because <laughs> if you don't like this movie, just stop, stop watching your movies. Cause oh. you don't, you know what I mean? If, if you can't find something good in this movie, you know, just you, there's no hope for you. And so we watched it and she was amazed. She loved it. Like, and the whole, like, it was so funny. Cause you were talking about the, um, the adrenaline shot scene. Yeah. And when they were cutting to it, She's like, oh my God, what are they going to do? What are they going to I was like, babe, just watch it. She, like, because that was so funny. We were talking about pin drops. She got the same thing. She got anxiety. Mm-hmm. And when they started cutting around to the different faces before they did it, it was like, <laughs> one. And then he picks up the arm. And she was getting that anxiety. And she she loved, she, I won't say she loved it because kids nowadays don't love shit. Mm-hmm. If you get them to say it was cool or it was good, mm-hmm. that's a fucking five-star review. <laughs> and so that's what she gave me. But, yeah, I mean... She, she didn't think that he was going to be Danny Zuko, but you know what I mean? And I tried, I had to convince her. She goes, that's not him. I go, yes, that's what he looks like now. You know, not even now. That was what he looked like in 95. You watched a movie from the seventies, but she fucking, she thought it was way cool. So there's hope for her as far as these kind of like, um, noir type, you know what I mean? Like these type of movies, she, she can get them. She can't, I don't know about my son. But my daughter has the aptitude to like these movies. He passed it. He passed it down. He passed it down. Yeah, dude. I remember when you got me to watch True Romance, dude. Oh yeah, uh, that movie fucking boggled my brain. It was so good. I couldn't believe it was as good as it was. And I loved fuck. I love, love, love um, Slater. Always have. Yeah. And I thought Patricia Arquette for some reason I she was so cute and hot to me. Yeah. Because I was like eighteen when this movie came out, or whatever, <laughs> and or sixteen or something. I yeah. thought she was gorgeous, and then. It had Brad Pitt, Gandolfini. It had, you know what I mean? Oh, Hopkins. I it, Like, people don't understand. Like, there's people that haven't seen this movie. And all if they would just look at the, like, the credits. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, dude, you don't understand. These are the These... most famous people, so many of them in one flick. The, Gary yeah. Oldman, Walken, Jackson. 
Damn. Pulp Fiction, True Romance, these were movies that inspired us and we would quote from, you know, and we would do the Floyd, you know, Brad Pitt's character, you know, he, you know, he's, he went there. They were here and they went there. Want to smoke a bowl, man? You know, we would do all that, you know, like all that stuff, you know, like, I don't know, you know, when I think about those times back when we were growing up, I also think about the movies where we're growing up with and it's just, you know, it's just sad that, you know, that kind of uh fervor or feet you know the the, the the fanaticism of that is kind of gone and dissipated now it's like everyone's talking about yeah, barbie well, or something <laughs> i i wonder if they do like film <laughs> film appreciation classes or I'm, I'm hoping that there's some school where people that are into movies or they want to be film whatever i hope that there is the the teachers or the curriculum includes these kind of movies. You know what I mean? Well, I also a lot. Uh, I mean, you also have to put it in context, the historical context, and what what culture was like back then. I think I hate when people go back with the morality, today's morality, and like kind of look back at yeah. old movies and say, no, that movie doesn't deserve its attention because it did this to a certain minority group or you know diversity group. And you got you got to understand. No, that's not the intent of the movie. It's really and the, the culture was different, and it's you know culture is ever evolving, and to have that kind of same morality uh, of, of of today's standards is it's unfair, you know. And unless I mean unless the movie is really is kind of like uh, disgusting and, and and gross and and is you know violating some kind of you know morality things, but. For the most part, they're not. I mean, it's just the the, the product of the of the culture of the time. Yeah, and I just hate when they remember. do that. I just hate when they do that because if you put it in historical context, I think it, it it becomes much more an even feel, an even playing field, and and, and you can yeah. understand it better. Yeah, because back when this movie came out, we didn't get offended for other fucking people. Mm-hmm. If we got offended, we took it. We were offended personally. We didn't give a fuck if other people got offended. We don't, you know, not even that we didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. We didn't get offended for people. We didn't pre-get offended. Right. I love these conversations of having to go back and talk about these movies, talk about these actors, uh, talk about these roles and, and, and the way that we felt back then. And it's always great to talk to you, Angel. And particularly in this in this this podcast, this is for, I love doing this and going back and revisiting some of these memories. Yeah, and I look at this movie right here, and it's 93 for True Romance. That's 31 years old this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't even feel like I'm 30. How the fuck can I like a movie that's 31? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, so that's going to close it out for, right? Yeah, that's it for this episode. I think. You're... But wait, you always ask me if I've seen anything new, and I actually fucking wrote it down this time. Oh, good. I know we're way over time, but I'm just going to rattle them off. There's a movie called Shaky Hands. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Shaky Shutters. And it's weird because there's a show we watch called, um, um, it's about a blind lady uh, in the dark. And that's the only person I recognize from this. But it's a crazy dude. This is the movie we would have made if in 93 someone gave us 15 grand. Because <laughs> it's, it's almost a horror comedy but there's like two main people and like their friends that they got to be in the movie with them. Totally cool. You got to give it a look. And then I also wrote down Wonka. (laughs) Um, But we talked about that. Okay. This is weird because I saw the preview. It's a Peacock original. 
Please don't destroy the treasures of Foggy Mountain. Okay, that's the longest title in the world. And when you see the trailer, you're like, this movie's pure shit. Yeah. You gotta watch mm-hmm. it because it is pure shit, but it's fucking hilarious. Uh, and I this think, is the SNL guys, right? Yeah, the SNL mm-hmm. guys, but I think um maybe, maybe um um uh dude, Conan O'Brien might have something to do with it. I know he's in it, but I don't know if he actually did any writing or anything. Mm-hmm. But he's hilarious in it. The show, the movie is fucking funny, dude. And I don't think a lot of younger people are going to get it. It's more comedy for our age, maybe a little bit younger than us, but not like a, like my kids. Yeah. No, this will go right over. <laughs> they will not think it's funny at all. And then, okay. So that's where the watch. There's a movie called The Wasteland. I think you would actually really like it. It's it's a Spanish film. I'm not exactly sure if it's um what, what it is. Like... Uh, as far as like if it's like like Argentinian or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's it's almost like a folklore, and it was so funny because when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, "Eh, this is gonna be a lot," you know. It's like it's I'm gonna it's like those movies that look good, and then you watch it, and five minutes in, you're like, "Fuck!" Like there's nothing in this movie for me. Opposite, I thought it was gonna kind of suck, and I think it's on Netflix. And dude, it is so good and it's so basic and there's like four people in it and it's weird because I can't, I couldn't tell if it was real or fantasy and then I couldn't tell, they're speaking Spanish, but I don't know where they are in the world Mm -hmm. and I didn't know if it was going to be something that was real or fake and then it's weird because it butts right up against, I think, World War II, but it's like on the outskirts. So it's like this weird folklore that's happening while the world's going to shit and then there's a little overlap it's crazy dude and nobody that i've recognized is in it um but it's a cool flick you gotta and it's called the wasteland it's one all kinds it was nominated for all kinds of shit Mm. and um it's really cool and then the last one that's right up your alley (laughs) is um and i love this guy kyle um i think it's galster it's called the passenger have you heard about that one passenger no yeah, it's 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 like a movie you would have dragged this not dragged this dude, but we would have saw the trailer and went and ninety people would net ninety percent of the people would never hear of it or watch it and they really should have because it was a good flick. Um, God, what's the dude's the this? He's not even the main dude. Um, oh. Kyle Gallner, he's so good, dude. Everything he touches, he's so fucking amazing. He was in the show called The Outsiders. Yeah. Where he yeah. played Asa. I think, I think I saw this trailer. Yeah, this looks Dude, interesting. Dude, it's good, man. <laughs> and it's so basic. And it's it's crazy. It's that Americana film where it's it could be any time. Small town. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a but blum- it could be anytime, anywhere. It's a Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Yeah, and, and uh, like the cars, the, the diners, the places, the scenery. It could literally be anywhere from 1980 to yesterday. It's so crazy, and it the story is so cool and basic, but dude, it's 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 really cool, man. <laughs> I don't know, and it seems like one of those things that's um, I don't even recognize the writer, the director, but it seems like one of those ones where, hey, we're gonna shoot our shot. It's a good story. It's you know what I mean. And it's like, it's like they put a lot into it, and it's basic, and they they cast very good in this flick. But dude, I think you would like it a lot. Yeah, I gotta check it out. 
I gotta check it out. Yeah, really good, really good. Sorry, man. It's just every time you always ask me, and I never have anything. So this time I wrote them down. Like yesterday when I was writing down all my my shit for um against typecast. I'm like, wait, he's gonna fucking ask if there's anything I've seen. Because you put me on the spot and I never have an answer, so I fucking wrote it down. All right, I guess that will conclude this episode. Thank you for listening to us ramble about a bunch of things that are that popped in our minds, and we talked about a lot of great things uh, that we just recently watched, and our memories of of some of the great movies and film roles or actor roles. And uh, yeah, it was a great time. I, I love going back and talking about this stuff i love this kind of format where we just have these open-ended discussions about these things and but look, we got to be realistic if anybody listen they're not listening by now man i i know i know <laughs> it's, this is a long episode this is gonna be a long episode i think our next episode or we're gonna be uh switching and we're gonna be i'm, be, I'm gonna be picking a, a movie for you to watch and you're gonna be picking a movie for me to watch is that the we're trying to go out of character right like a yeah, no. I mean, you want to pick a, like a, a anime movie for me, and I'll pick something. Yeah, like. something that yeah you wouldn't watch on your own for we'll, sure. We'll figure out details, and that'll be our next episode. But yay! Thank you for listening this long, <laughs> at Tarantino's, <laughs> and uh, we'll hopefully come back and we'll be more uh, tighter and faster with our next episode. But yeah, it was great. It was, it was good. It's always fun. <laughs> it's always fun. All right, everyone. Take it easy, be well, and bye-bye. Later, guys.